When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook wow. app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, and today I am joined by the whole squad. We've got Espo, we've got Saul Bookman. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Fantastic. Doing great. The beers are flowing. Mm -hmm. The food is fantastic. It is. We even have adult hot chocolates out uh, here to, at Four Peaks. Way to out me. Jeez. Because baby, baby Espo over there. I was about to Listen, say the same. Yeah, it's just calling it. people babies <laughs> all so day. spicy as hell right now. I'm also about five hazy <laughs> IPAs in. Let's oh, fucking go. Things are getting all I'm is a good day. You, yeah, because out at Four Peaks is when we have the most fun. Like, it's just a blast out here. We're all having great beverages, delightful food. If you guys have not checked out Four Peaks Pub down in Tempe, highly recommend you do. We're going to be back out here the last Wednesday of February. So if you want to come hang out with us, by all means, put it in your calendar also, now. it's a double beanie day. You got a beanie? Let's I got a beanie? Go. I this just, is the first. I always forget that I have to wear sauce. headphones out here, and so I feel like my beanie's a little wonky today, yeah. but it is what it is. Um, also, just a reminder that the Super Bowl is around the corner, and you can enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the game. But you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. What, what's A24? It's uh, a production it's, house. Yeah, it's a distribution film distribution company. They're the oh. ones that made uh, everything everywhere all at once. And Euphoria. Oh. Yeah. And a lot of cool things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty dope. All right, shall we talk some Suns basketball? Nah, we're all right. No, we're good. <laughs> we're just going to talk about random uh, film companies. <laughs> so the Suns did have practice today, and we did get an update on Devin Booker, albeit it may not be the most fun update of all times, but we did get an update. Gerald, what did they tell us? Yeah, so today was the four-week, exactly to the day of his four-week reevaluation period. It's going to be another week. He's going to be reevaluated again a week from today. Um, so that effectively rules him out for the Mavs game on Thursday, the game on Sunday, et cetera. Um, but it does seem like in practice he's been ramping up a little bit based on the little that we've seen as far as his kind of individual workouts at the end of sessions. So I think by the end of this week when we get a reevaluation, we should have more positive news and, and maybe a timeline on when he'll be back. So is this a reevaluation of the reevaluation? Yes. Or did they not reevaluate him and they pushed it back a week, Jerry? I think they reevaluated okay. him after the first no, this is the reevaluation. <laughs> the okay. reevaluation. They evaluated. Now they're reevaluating. Sounds good. And we, they will reevaluate further in a week. I just, I just need the clarification because we know we won't get it from the Suns. So. <laughs> What's oh, <boy>. happening? <laughs> I am very so, confused, you guys. We'll re um, we'll reevaluate in the next week and see how you're doing. Okay. <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is no Devin Booker. No in Devin, the near future. No Devin Booker for at least another week. Yet. Which okay. means Suns by 40 tomorrow against the Mavs. Dope, oh dope, dope. 
Is any, hold on. Is anybody else surprised that the Mavs actually have the same exact record as the Suns right now? I was. No. When you told me that earlier, I was surprised. I was floored because like, it felt like they all these teams were so much further ahead of the Suns a week Why? ago. Because they were in, you know, they were in fourth place at one point. I know, you know? but but like I like I said uh, multiple times, uh, Espo. I don't know if you listen to me. On I show. don't. We don't. It's not but worth I it. Said, <laughs> thanks, Lindsay. I appreciate that. <laughs> no that hesitation. hurts. <laughs> Espo, I could take, but you, come on. Uh, like nobody in the West is running away with anything whatsoever and we were always in the thick of it even through the midst of one of our worst stretches in years so yeah, but luke is an mvp sorry i didn't you're, is you're he though? Lindsay, I no what i was the reason why it's shocking is because yes we all are aware of that but it doesn't feel like that when you're in the thick of dropping games like we were with the suns mm-hmm. it felt like we were just gonna fall to the bottom of the basement the bottom of the barrel and never be able to climb our way out, even though we knew, because we had talked about it so many times, that the West is so wild right now that winning four games in a row would put you right back in the mix of it. It just didn't feel like that. Yeah. So that's why when you actually see the numbers, you put it on paper, it's like, wow. Facetiously, we were talking about tank for one by Yama. Right. Like, we weren't really serious about that. We were not, but there was a there certain was a section portion of there was that a section. was serious, and that does bleed was, into how you start to, like, perceive there, there things was a, a little definite, bit. a section of fans that was like, blow it all up. Yep. Like, now listen, blow it all up is different than saying, hey, listen, anybody could be available for trade, except mm-hmm. for Devin Booker. Like, there is a difference there, because you're trying to improve your team, because you're trying to make a stretch run for the championship, right? Uh, as opposed to just blow it up and start from scratch and tank for Wimbayama. That's a completely different scenario. Those are two different categories. So the Suns have done, listen, they've, they've, they've done a good job here in the last week of making sure that they win the games that they're supposed to. They surprised against the Grizzlies. And now they're right back in the thick of it, right back in the sixth spot. And if they win tomorrow against the Mavericks, you fucking Dallas Mavericks fans will never ever hear the end of it i promise you this <laughs> oh boy we're starting early on this one yeah. huh yeah because we all know the value of one win against the mavericks <laughs> oh man oh we got three of them last year sir <laughs> and anyway, then we all fell apart. <laughs> everyone in our chat is asking about all of the rumors and the notes that came out today on social media so let's dive into that a little bit more we'll start with what word we got from Woj and Baxter Holmes for ESPN, they reported that billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia's purchase of a majority stake in the Phoenix Suns and Mercury at $4 billion valuation is expected to become official in the next two weeks, with Ishbia assuming control prior to the February 9th NBA trade deadline. This is great news. All around great news for all of us, for the team, for the organization, top to bottom. This is what we like to hear. How are you guys feeling about this? I love it. I love it. And I'm glad that this has been sped up to the point where Matt Ishbia can actually have an impact on this season. I feel like we kind of saw the tea leaves anyway, as we were talking about before the show. Uh, Matt Ishbia showing up to games doesn't. Listen, that's the signal. That's yeah, the bad happen. signal. Yeah. That, that's the, they, listen, uh, that doesn't happen unless things are going in a very, very positive direction and close to the finish line. And listen, I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think the fan base is excited because now they feel like they genuinely have an opportunity to make a difference this season and get us as close as we possibly can, depending on the moves that are made, to a championship. Yeah, it, it feels like it's all coming together as far as giving the organization full autonomy over its own decisions ahead of a trade deadline where, you know, maybe the, the 
drastic roster shakeup that we were talking about a few weeks ago isn't as necessary, but you still need to bring in pieces. You still need to address the secondary ball handling behind Chris Paul. Um, so they need to be able to make their own decisions, make their own trade and live with the results. You bring in an owner and not have to go through all these different hoops just to get a deal approved. That's huge. You need to turn Jay Crowder's contract into something productive off your bench to batten down the hatches for a playoff run because we've seen just four games move them drastically up to standings. This team has a real shot at home court advantage. Um, so this is huge that it's all coming together, and hopefully it does indeed get done before February 9th. Yeah, for me, I think that the the terms of the agreement with uh, the disgraced future former owner, hopefully that's one of the last times I have to say <laughs> uh, it, The DFFO. Just yeah, call it the DFFO. Yeah, I forget that even more than that. <laughs> uh, I, I think that was strategically leaked because it put the pressure on the NBA to ensure this deal was done before the trade deadline. So there couldn't be the uh, the picture of, no, they handcuffed the Suns' ability to do anything this year. So this is this is something I think we felt over the last few weeks they were moving towards. This is the final signal. Hopefully it happens more than like the day before, but I'm pretty sure Matt Ishbia has major influence in anything going on around there right now. Well, you would think because they're already letting him in the building, not just what we got to see from the public eye, but what Gerald also told us behind the scenes a week or so ago before we did see him at the actual game, that they kind of cleared everybody out of the practice facility to set up for what appeared to be kind of a casual business meeting of sorts. Mm. You know what I mean? So if they're allowing him to come in, start meeting these people, in a more formal type of setting, you got to think that we're mostly completely done with this process. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I, I'm not 100% sure that's what they were doing when they set up, but you know, the next day after he attended his first home game, he did get to meet Monty and the team. Um, so they're definitely, and Monty was able to answer questions about it. You know, obviously it's not official yet, but uh, it's very clear that the steps are being laid, the groundwork's being laid for this to happen sooner rather than later. Now, in the ri- written portion of this report, it was brought up that Ishpia now uh, will own over 50% of the team. I asked around, got some insight of what's going on with the remainder of the team. It sounds like the uh, the minority owners have to sell or divest about 50% of their uh, of their shares of the team in this sale. 50% of what they own. Oh, what they own, but okay. they have the the option to keep the other 50% if they so choose. So some of these minor, minority owners, uh, Najafi, Garvin, you know, Larry Fitzgerald even, uh, I'd imagine, may have the opportunity to stay on with this group, but Matt Ishbia holds a more than 50% uh, ownership stake in the team once this is ratified, which is significantly more than even Robert Sarver owned. He only owned around 33 to 35 So Matt Ishpia will definitely be in control here and we'll see how the rest of the minority ownership shakes out. I mean, as he should, like if I'm coming in and I'm dropping, what is it, $2.8 billion that he's actually putting up for this purchase? I want to have more than 50% ownership as well. I don't want it just to be a document that's like I'm the majority owner or whatever. Like I actually want to own all of it and then spread it out as I see fit if I want to bring in additional investors, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'd imagine the long-term plan is probably to buy out the rest of the minority owners if, if they choose to keep that 50% at, at some point. But we'll see how that all 
all shakes out. A, a lot of this sounds like it was contractual as part of their original agreement to become minority owners with uh, with the former group. So I think it's it, listen. I, I I think you might be underestimating a little bit the other owners in this in this whole scenario because listen, it's it's pretty cool to be able to say that you're a partial owner of the Phoenix Suns and whether you have a controlling stake and can make actually make change. Uh, it's it's still something, right? Like so, I think it's a good thing that Matt Ishbia has got the complete controlling stock because he's got more than fifty percent. Uh, but I don't know if it's really necessary that any of these other pieces would give up their stake because what's what's the point? Like if if he controls that dollars, well, know. if he controls fifty one percent of it, that's all that he really needs to to really make change. Yeah, I mean he's in control. The other people are along for the ride. Right, yeah. but I think the reason why that he put in there that they have to give up 50% of whatever they currently own is so that he could potentially bring in his own investors. Yeah. It's almost like it's taking back some and then also maybe an incentive to just True. To be, get completely bought out so he can bring in his people. True. And, and listen, you know, that, that's that's how we were talking about with when it came to Colangelo to uh, Sarver and Sarver to Ishbia, right? There's a percentage increase in terms of the value of these things. And so I would agree with that. And, you know, I didn't even think about that really is that, you know, if you force out these guys, they're going to make a significant profit no matter what. Yeah. And, then, and then you bring in other people who can contribute to the bottom line and then they're going to make a profit either way anyway. So, yeah, that's a good point. Well, Ishbia is definitely going to make some changes around these neck of the woods. And if you'd like to make some change, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, four NFL teams remain, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs. She had asked me if that's a good segue. I was like, yeah, that's good. (laughs) So if you hated it, blames all. (laughs) Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, counting down to Super Bowl 57. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. So if you have not already, be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But make sure you use that promo code PHNX because new customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, I have really great news for you guys. We have been teasing... The strawberry and cream edibles from OGs for a hot minute. It is official. They are hitting the shelves soon. And as always, you can find them at your local dispensary. You do have to be 21 or older to enjoy, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But these are the Happy Balance gummies. They're a one-to-one ratio of CBD, THC. If you're new into the gummy space, I highly recommend you hit up Derek Montilla from our D-Back show <laughs> because he gave me the rundown on like how this specific Happy Balance one works. And he was like, when you combine the CBD and the THC, apparently the CBD kind of like low-key cancels out the THC, so you it, don't it really feel funky, bit, yeah. but you feel good, yeah, if that makes it, sense. It takes the it takes the, some of the aches away, okay. but it gives you a nice, solid, like mellow high that that makes you feel good, but doesn't get take you to, you know, la-la land. So right. it's great. The RSOs are a little bit different. The RSOs, honestly, like when I take the RSOs, I uh, I feel like I'm take I'm getting taken to the Disney version of the sunken place. Oh God! <laughs> Whatever it's that night, looks like, it's night night. It's fucking great. I I don't know. The I don't Disney know how else version. To say it. Oh yeah, my goodness! Because yeah, the sunken place on Get Out is not good. No. No. But this no. version is like, oh shit! I'm, am I on the fucking teacups right now, dog? This is fun. 
<laughs> I don't even know. I'm going to go ask the mayor of Hightown, uh, Derek Montilla, to, to give me the better description of that. No, 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 no. Listen, you can firsthand experience it. And I've said this, folks. We are going to have a good time out in Vegas for the Summer League. And my man Espo is going to have a great time. And I'm going to document it the whole time. I am, oh, I am not, I'm not going to any sunken place. I don't care if Disney owns it, whoever. I'm not going to a sunken place. All a right? sunken place. Like, you got to just switch up your marketing there, Saul. That, that one, I don't know, hit in the way that you thought I it was going to. the Disney to. version of the sunken place. Jesus, yeah, what else do you want? No sunken place whatsoever. <laughs> like, let's just eliminate that one from the verbiage here. Anyway, some of those changes that we joked about with Matt Ishbia could potentially include a new general manager, a new president of basketball operations. Who knows? But word on the street from Bleacher Report is that People around Warriors GM Bob Myers believe he could become a free agent this summer. Apparently, the Wizards, Knicks, Suns, and Clippers are all monitoring the situation. So there's been a lot of, like, theories around the fact that the two of these came out within a few hours of each other. How are you guys feeling? Uh, Bob Myers is going to be the next president of the Phoenix Suns. Oh, boy. Of basketball operations? Let's fucking go. Listen, you can't go wrong <laughs> with a guy that has literally won a national championship in college, and he's won four world championships with with the Golden State Warriors. And the the aura around the or, uh, Warriors organization has been so great in terms of personnel, the vibes around the city, the vibes around the franchise. Like, and and he has a large part to do with that. And before anybody asks, there is no way in hell. That Bob Myers would come here and work under James Jones. That would never happen. No, because he'd be taking a demotion. He's he already the president yeah. of basketball operations with the Warriors. You're not going to take a step down, and you're not going to work under a guy who doesn't have the accomplishments that you have. Uh, to me, Matt Ishbia is a champion himself, right? He views himself of the, uh, you know, of the tree of Tom Izzo. Even though they got housed by U of A in yeah, the 2001 well, Final hey Four, now, just hey so now. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to throw that out there. I mean, but he still has a ring. Still my boy, uh, and, but you got housed. Guess what? I mean, it, it, he and he and Matt, uh, or he and Myers have that connection with an NCAA championship. Myers has two executive of the year uh, trophies from the NBA I think we're going to see the approach that they very much want to bring people in here who have done it before. Championship experience, that mindset. If I'm James Jones, I take this as this was the the warning shot. You have two weeks to prove yourself a little bit here, to try to do something that shows I'm making a win-now move because what we heard was the report is that they can trade the first-round picks, they can take on future salary, for a win-now move. Mm. And that comes directly from the guy paying $2.8 billion to get this franchise. Yeah, I, th- I think when reports like this emerge, my natural inclination is to just leave the door open for whatever possibilities. I, I shouldn't have used that phrase again. I, I, sh- I knew it as soon as I was saying it, what I was walking into. <laughs> this man left the door open to the sunken place. You know, to <laughs> be fair, Gerald, to be fair, if you can do it on Twitter to yeah, all of us, we can do it to you right here on this show. Fair enough. <laughs> but my natural inclination is to look at it and wonder where it's coming from and to mm-hmm. what ends. And I do think in this case, it could be a situation of Myers going for leverage. Like it could be 
that he is leaking this information to give himself a leg up in negotiations with the Warriors because he's not happy with how he's paid and he feels he should be one of the top paid executives, which he should. But at the same time, Espo, we were talking about this before the show, and the fact that there were specific teams named, those could go up in smoke very quickly if there are specific team names and there's no water to it. Like, it doesn't hold water. So I, I... I don't know. I, I think it could be a case of he's naming teams that make sense as legitimate places he could go, like a big market like the Knicks, a team that could be looking for change like the Suns and is attractive and going through all these changes, and and the Clippers because of the hometown threat. He's a big L.A. guy. But at the same time, I don't know. Like I, I just need to see more first. I need to hear from Matt Ishbia when he takes over and get an, in, an inclination of which direction he's leading as far as how he wants to do this. See, my, my thing is... I... I don't think Myers would name specific names because if it's not true interest, mm. you've then put yourself in a, in a conundrum. I, now, I could see him saying teams are interested. Then these reporters, and there was three different uh, gentlemen mm. who were in uh, on this reporting, then went out and figured out, connected the dots. Who are these teams that are interested? There is no benefit to say a specific team because then you've outed a team that already has a president and a general manager, and you've now weakened your position with them by trying to play them against the Warriors. But it's you, not worth it. But you were literally sitting right here not knowing what, which which one of those it is, and that's the point, right? It's like you're throwing teams out that might be interested, or maybe you've just had a casual conversation. Like, listen, like I talked to Matt Ishbia last week. You know, they, I'm not saying that there, there's no path forward here, hmm. and that's what the reporter took and ran with. Like, they I'm not going to debunk any of this because I think Bob Myers is definitely playing for leverage. Um, But he's also like, listen, if this thing goes awry, the Suns might be right there in the mix to have an outstanding, outstanding, maybe one of the best executives in the history of the NBA become part of their franchise and completely change the dynamic of that entire building, which is something you can't just scoff off and just kind of blow off. Like, that's a significant thing for this franchise considering where they're coming from. So, like, I don't really care how it happens or who who leaked this rumor. All I care about is, is this a real deal or is it not? And to me, with Matt Ishby on the table in the fold right now, I think anything is possible! Let's go! RIP headphone wears. Just don't become the president president reaper like uh, like we got the trade reaper. Okay, so can we speculate just a little bit here? Haven't we been doing that? Um, (laughs) No, I just want to know 100%, like very specifically, like who y'all think leaked this then? Because we had conversations around both it could be coming from Ishbia's side of things. It also could be coming from Meyer's side of things. Who do you think was the one who leaked this. I will tell you who it's not. Who is James it not? Jones did not leak it. <laughs> That's not the question. There is zero percent chance that he wanted that out there. Uh, look, to me, uh, I think it's multiple different places this is coming from. There's probably sources close to each of these teams that, that let this out. And I don't think Myers is hiding his desire to want to get paid either. So you start connecting the dots. And it would not shock me if Matt Ishbia has been out there uh, having discussions, trying to figure out what his plan is. And that's not to say James Jones isn't that plan, but he's probably exploring his options because if you invest $2.8 billion in something, you are then going to very much take your time and figure out how to run it right. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it could come from a number of places. My money's probably on the Myers contingent, but it could be it could be Steph Curry's party because they're not happy with the way that the season has gone, and they want Myers to stay in place and not like his contract is up this summer. Um, Steph Curry is close to Myers. It could be a number of places that it's coming from. He could Steph Curry could just be like throwing names out there just to put some heat on, not recognizing like what you talked about, Espo, that if you name specific teams, it kind of fractures that relationship but i don't know i I need to see more before i speculate any further i I do love the fact that they threw out the wizards like (laughs) bro nobody wants to go to fucking wizards nobody like like god himself would come back and couldn't resurrect the wizards come on well mj already tried to do it once how he succeeded (laughs) look uh i he succeeded. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really, but all right. Uh, I don't know where I was going. This Gerald threw me completely off. Oh, well, Myers isn't going to going to the Clippers because he looks like the Walmart Rob Palenka, and oh, you don't want to be oh, you don't want to be the second most attractive president of basketball operations. Listen, no Bob way. Myers it can write his own ticket anywhere he wants it's to true. go. Like, and if the Warriors don't appreciate that, then guess what? There's 29 other franchises that will. Like literally any – if you're sitting here telling me that these are the only four franchises that would be interested in Bob Myers, you are high and out of your mind. No, I'm not saying – No, no, not, I know you're not saying I know, saying, but, but that, I don't think the they're saying they're the only ones. I'm no. saying maybe these ones are the ones that have actually had more conversations behind the scenes. And guess what? More people will be coming into the fray once they hear this news for sure. Okay, so I have a secondary question because I've only ever really paid attention to general managers coming and going from the Suns organization over the last handful of years. Either usually you get fired or you get extended while you're in the middle of your contract. How often do you come to the end of a contract without being extended? Does that happen a lot? When people don't appreciate what you bring to the table, sometimes that happens. You know, listen, the value and the money have to meet up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes franchises, because of the success, it can it can blur things. Like think about the the '90s Bulls, right? Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause, or Jerry Krause specifically, used to say like franchises win championships, not necessarily players. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, it takes players to win championships, and you had the greatest one of all time. Like, and you ran you, them off. Yeah, and you ran them all off, and they haven't won shit since. Like. So sometimes your perception uh, doesn't necessarily match up with the reality. And if this franchise uh, with Joe LaCobb uh, doesn't realize how much Bob Myers brings to the table, then you can easily see how this could maybe get a little diverted from, some, from time to time. But I actually do think at the end of the day, Bob Myers isn't going to go anywhere. Well, I, and I think you're right. And it's the Pat Riley disease of more, right? You win, then guys want to get paid. Everybody gets a little bit more of an ego. Uh, they all want to take their their slice of the pie and their credit for it. And ownership may be scoffing at whatever the number is. This may be a dance because they both are, are trying to get the number that they want. And in the end, I don't see why you would break up a relationship like this that's had so much success in the end. But egos do do complicate things. So maybe it comes to that and, and a team like the Suns or – Clippers, whoever, get lucky and wind up with a really great executive. Are you on board? If uh, Ishbia brought in Myers, would you be happy? Fuck 
Yeah. I'm what are we even talking about? I'm just checking. I just wanted to make sure. Well, let's look around the organization. <laughs> I think that would mean there'd be four rings there finally, uh, because I'm not sure there's a lot of championship pedigree in, I'm saying, in the building. Like, not only that, but like, yeah, listen, I like James Jones as a person. He's a good guy. Like, we, he's personable. Uh, but you know what? Like, if I get the chance to get Michael Jordan, even though I have, I don't know, what the fuck, Magic Johnson, I'm going to take Michael Jordan every time. Okay. I'm just checking. Jason in the chat makes a good point. He says, remember when Windhorse said that he was, quote, imp- wasn't, uh, quote, impressed by the names he was hearing? So in that sense, Myers makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And he hasn't, quote, unquote, hired them yet, right? Mm-hmm. He's just had the conversations with them about hiring them in the future when all of this is completely finalized. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know, but I, it's it's a fun thing to keep an eye out on, and I'm really enjoying all of the news that's being leaked and all of these reports that are coming out around the Suns because they all seem to be positive for us, right? Finally, mm-hmm. finally, we've turned the corner, and all of the leaked news is no longer negative. It's all positive. So, y'all, we're here. Things are happening, and I'm so <laughs> excited. We don't have to pretend anymore. Don't have to live in fantasy land anymore. We've reached the other side of hard. Maybe? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe just maybe. Uh, Listen, I do want to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy, a fantastic app and website. Underdog does daily fantasy sports differently, and the Pick'em's game is one of the best games on the app. You just pick higher or lower. It's literally as simple as that. It could be for points. It could be for rebounds or whatever else you want to go higher or lower on, and you can add up a bunch of different legs and potentially win even more money. Underdog Fantasy is so much fun. And as I've told you guys many times, we do have a fantasy show here at PHNA, so check it out if you haven't. And it's really easy to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, but make sure you sign up with that promo code PHNX because when you use that code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. They're literally going to give you free money to play with, so make sure you take advantage of it. And then you can take your earnings from the Underdog Fantasy app. You go get yourself a mighty fine burrito from our friends over at Burrito Express. Obviously, their location in Tempe is one of our favorites, but they do have locations all around the valley. They hooked us up yesterday at the offices with burritos for lunch. And they're so good. Listen, there's a whole debacle going on in the PHNX offices around Burrito Express. Every time Burrito Express shows up. They get stolen. The burritos or the salsa, one of which someone always hoards one of them. They don't get stolen. They well, just get misplaced oh, in somebody else's misplaced. fucking house. Who? who that, takes that's salsa. how I describe stealing. <laughs> who, who takes salsa? Every, when it's that good, you got to hoard it. It was but, like 40 pieces of salsa, half red, half green, and all of a sudden, magically, gone. But what the f- People have picked Jesse Friedman as the guy. I don't I, see Jesse doing I that. I think it might be I because, think you underestimate well, Jesse Friedman. He just moved into a no, new home, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the fridge was empty, and he just felt like, I need something I in need there. I need 48 containers of salsa. I need salsa, <laughs> damn it. It's, it's funny how, you know, Jesse is very much this, like, quiet guy that everybody thinks, oh, he would never do anything. It's the quiet ones you have to listen to, and you have to watch all the time. It was a million percent Jesse. I don't care what anybody else says. Jesse left his containers of salsa after he ate one burrito all over the place. I know it was so Jesse. He, so he left a calling card is what yes, you're saying. Yes, he did. Oh, he no. Did. So I was very adamant this, about this. This, I, was, 
This wasn't a crime of passion. It was just a crime because he knew he could. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Saul is very passionate and loud about this. Maybe Saul stole it. He's he's trying to divert everyone's attention to somebody else. Nobody expects the GM ever. <laughs> anyway, uh, so over at Burrito Express right you. now, if you buy a twenty-five dollar Burrito <laughs> Express gift card, they're gonna get you're gonna get a free a burrito. So head on over to your nearby Burrito Express location today. All right, you guys. This uh, this next topic, no. I don't know how we feel about it. When I sent it in the chat yesterday, Gerald goes, "Oh God." You know so how I feel about it. Basically, oh what had happened was yes. I was on Twitter yesterday looking around <laughs> on Sun's Twitter, mm -hmm. and Brett Usher at Usher, Usher NBA Usher. posed Usher. a thought provoking suggestion around two players in Sun's history. Uh -huh. So, this is what Brett said Brett said, Chris Paul gets way more flack for never winning a finals than Steve Nash has ever gotten for never making a finals. It's always felt like a double standard with those two. Now, this sparked so many people weighing in with their opinions, so I want to hear all of your guys' opinions on this. You guys go first. <laughs> Listen, Chris Paul has all the accolades. He's got more accolades than, than Steve Nash. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But when we're talking about the highest impact for a single individual in NBA history... Steve Nash is better than Chris Paul a million percent all day, every day until the till the cows come home. What? And the reason why is because two two MVPs, number one, okay? Uh, number two, Steve Nash didn't miss any playoff games ever, period. Not, not with the Suns. Chris Paul, always out. You never know when you can count on him. Completely missed like the last four games of the of the seven-game series against the Mavs because he had either COVID or a quad injury. Like, I'm not trying to hear any of that stuff. Steve Nash balled out even with a broken nose. Steve Nash is always and forever will be better and higher ranked than Chris no. Paul in Sunsland. In uh, Sunsland. No. Just um, in Sunsland, okay, but not in, not in totality. And, like, the, the thing is it says Chris Paul gets way more flack for never winning a finals than Steve Nash has ever gotten for never making a finals. Like, by your reasoning, if Steve Nash is the better player, he should get more flack for never reaching a finals, right? And, look, you can... You can debate. You you talk about him changing the game. You you can debate who who that was. Was it D'Antoni's system and the approach, or was it Steve Nash? And I don't. I think it's a chicken or an egg situation. You needed both of them mm -hmm. to change the way things were were played. So I'm not giving Steve Cre Nash full credit for that because he you, played you before really, that. Before really that with the think, Mavericks, you really think that if Steve Nash wasn't the point guard of that seven of seconds left team, they would still execute it at the highest level with D'Antoni. Is that beanie jammed in your ears? I'm I said you. <laughs> it's it's a chicken and egg thing. No, you couldn't no, have no, it no, without no, either of them. You think that any other point guard could have run that system? That's why I said both <laughs> oh, of them were necessary so to That's make crazy. it happen. That's crazy. Because Nash played without D'Antoni in Dallas, and he wasn't that guy. And he was still successful in Dallas. Yes, but you're talking about he changed the game. And without D'Antoni's system and D'Antoni's thought process, he doesn't get the opportunity to do that. So they needed each other to make that happen. So I'm not giving Steve Nash full credit for changing the NBA. He needed Mike D'Antoni to get there. Oh, let me okay. ask you, how much success did D'Antoni have at other places? How much did Nash have at other places? 
It wasn't a huge amount of success. He was injured when he went to the Lakers. And he was injured in Dallas. What's he still point? got to the Western Conference Finals without yeah. D'Antoni. I, I'm telling yeah, running the same exact system that he ran with D'Antoni with Alvin Gentry. It was D'Antoni's system. So, uh, and I think there's multiple things. Uh, Nash didn't deserve at least one of those MVPs. And I know that's sacrilegious to oh, say here. It's 1,000%. But it's 100% true. He got it because people got sick of giving it to the the shacks of the world and the, everybody that was getting them at that time, and they wanted to recognize what the Suns were doing, so they gave Nash those MVPs. He got them because they, people couldn't decide who was more important, Shaq or Kobe, so that's why Steve Nash got him. Well, that doesn't seem – that seems like what we were just okay. arguing about last year where Devin and Chris Paul, people couldn't decide, so no, okay. neither one of them That's get fine. it. That's fine. Then you We just, were just talking crap about that. Well, you just admitted then that Na- that Shaq and Kobe probably deserved it over Nash, and they split votes because they were on the same team there. No, Look, I, I didn't. Chris Paul is a better overall point guard in this league in totality. Yes. In Suns world, sure, Steve Nash – was better because you got that seven seconds or less run, which was fun, lasted longer, and you got those MVPs. And he he had running mates like Amari Stoudemire who made spectacular plays on the other end of those passes, right? right. Uh, but overall, Chris Paul is the better overall point guard in terms of it. And I think that's part of why he gets more flack for not winning one is because he is viewed as as the overall better point guard in in all this. And right. you know, there's there's other factors that come into play with this too that uh, that we can get in at another time, but I think that it's definitely uh, you know, Chris Paul's getting it because he was the better player. Right. And I I think Chris Paul is one of I'd have to go through but probably one of the five best players of all time to never win an MVP award. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you are held to a higher standard. Um, but yeah, I do think it's ridiculous if he gets more flack for never winning a finals compared to a Steve Nash who never made a finals. Like for Chris Paul, the thing for a long time was, oh, he's never made a conference finals. And then he did that. And then it turned to, oh, he's never made the finals. And then he did that. And now, of course, the next logical step is he's never won a finals. Um, and, and we don't know if he will get to because obviously his career is coming to an end. So I think it's just because he's held to a higher standard because he's ahead of Nash on that totem pole. But yeah, that that is a little ridiculous that if that he gets more flack for never breaking through and winning a title versus a guy like Nash who never even got to try to win a title in the finals. I don't think it's necessarily that he gets flack for not making the finals. To me, it's the flack that you just don't know what to expect from Chris Paul. And a, now, a, a court, yeah, yeah, he's, he's always thirty-eight, been, bro. His entire career, he has had moments where he's just been injured throughout the fucking season okay, or playoffs. Okay, but that doesn't mean you can't. You don't know what to expect from right. him when he's on the court. You're getting one of the best point guards really? to ever really? play. Really, really, except okay. for this year. Okay, tell, so. tell me this seven game series. How awesome was Chris he was Paul injured. when he was on the court? He was injured. How do you know that? Did he didn't he, say he was injured. Do you not remember the he New Orleans? He told us that afterwards. He did. did he? Yes, yeah, he, did. he did. So he shouldn't have been out there, which means he's costing his team fucking games. Nasty. Did that too? Oh my God! Nash, Nash did that too. Nash admitted he should have shot more, which cost him his team games. And but he wasn't injured. Nash was perpetually injured with his back injury, and he still fucking played like a fucking champ. I can't wait well, to take a screenshot of this right he now. He never was a champ. Either Western <laughs> Pacific Conference Division or NBA. champions count too. That's both. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. It might be a little uh, I might have too many of these. Here in the chat said, Saul, you're in public, bro. <laughs> anyway, Gerald, do you want to have a conversation about this? Should we just like... I- Hang out back I, here? Yeah, you want to we'll, hang we'll out just, back here? <laughs> uh, my cord doesn't go that far. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, listen, like, at the end of the day, I do think Chris Paul gets way oh. more flack than Steve Nash does. Oh. But I think a lot of it comes from the fact that um, people, one, people just love to hate. And if, if you yes. have a player who does anything that could be close to considered, like, like scummy or whatever, and Chris Paul has done some, like, people, you know, have talked about how he's had some cheap shots and things like that throughout his career. Right. There is a group of fans, NBA fans in general, who are going to hate Chris Paul for that alone. Yeah. And you're going to get more flack from those type of people because the people who just dislike a player are the loudest people in the room all the time. Mm. And then Steve Nash, especially in the Suns world, Steve Nash is so highly revered. Yeah. Right. Like he came in and he gave us something that we had been missing for a really long time. He and took us from the bottom. Now we're here. Yes. And that's fantastic. But you can still have a conversation around the fact that Steve Nash did not accomplish the ultimate goal. Chris Paul has also not accomplished the ultimate goal. But when we're talking about ranking, I guess that's where it gets a little more gray. I, I just got to say this. OK, there is two egregious errors with this conversation about Steve Nash not getting to the finals. One, it took a fucking FBI investigation to prove that games were being shaded against the Suns. And number two, a stupid ass, a stupid ass ruling against fucking Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw also cost him an opportunity to get to finals. He could have been to two NBA finals and probably won one championship if it were the fucking NBA getting in the way and their stupid could, ass refs. Could have, should have, would have, and two oh, words for you. shut up, Espo. Two, two I words don't for you. Shit. See, my, Scott Foster. My, my thing is these are all things that are out of your control. Like, you cannot control when your quad gives out on you when you're with the Rockets and you have your best shot at a title and you miss the two games when you have the Warriors on the ropes. Out, when you're you made out of paper mache, of you course, can't, you can't control but that. But that's no, he's not, though. He's lasted 18 years in the NBA. Tell me, when did he just come back from injury? Oh, my God. He's 37. <laughs> and look at what he's doing in those last two games. Against the Hornets, Lindsay. Who cares? He's, he's still 37. doing it. I'm 31. I got off my couch wrong, and I'm, like, sore for a day. Like, those, I'm those saying two this games guy put takes back in immaculate the mix. care of his body. And I will say with Steve Nash, there was a lot of stuff that was out of his control. And that's why I hate this conversation because it disparages two all-time great, two all-time great sons but yeah, like if we're gonna hold people to different standards, okay, I get that. But Nash never making a finals is is more uh, unfortunate in my book than Chris never winning one. I think it's interesting too that Barkley, another son's great, mm-hmm. gets more crap than any player ever about mm-hmm. not winning a title. Mm-hmm. Like, I and, agree that's egregious. And he's and he's one of the. I mean. He's the greatest power forward to play in my books. I mean, you can argue Tim Duncan if you want to call him a power forward, but he catches more heat than anybody ever. Mm. And it's crazy to me the disparity between the heat he takes, the heat Nash takes, uh, or lack of heat that Nash takes, and the heat that Chris Paul takes. It's just, it's it's a very weird thing. And I wonder if part of it's because Nash always felt like the underdog. He felt like the guy that probably shouldn't be doing what he was doing and that those Suns teams felt like the outlier, like they shouldn't be doing what they're accomplishing out there, that it felt more like a circus act than a real, like, than a real, uh, you know, 
team that was contending at times to other people. Like it was like, oh, everybody thought this, that those Suns were my second favorite NBA team because they were just insane to watch, right? Right. They were fun. Steve Nash was like the most likable, nice, friendly Canadian that everyone could connect with. And the Suns teams were that fun team that a lot of people around that time liked to watch. Chris Paul held to a higher standard because he had been great for so long, because he had been on so many teams. And because, like Lindsay mentioned, like some of the cheap shots, some of the things with teammates and whatnot, like those are things that skew his public perception in a certain way. And so there's more pressure on him to win because he was a better player because of that negative stuff. And so now he's later in his career and that pressure is even heightened even more. So I, I think that's probably part of it. At the end of the day, I think that these type of exercises, these conversations around players remind us that you can love players for what they were able to accomplish throughout their careers mm -hmm. and still celebrate all of those accomplishments without being like, well, he didn't do this right. or he didn't do that. And unfortunately, like you brought up Charles Barkley, like that's a conversation. That's a ranking for fans in sports in general. If you don't win the ultimate goal, the championship, then you're looked at as less than somebody else who was able to win a championship. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's a fair assessment of an entire career of these athletes. It's not fair. Does it make a little bit of difference when you're ranking them? Maybe. So, but, it, but it also kind of just depends on the player, too. I'd agree with that because if Chris Paul somehow was to win a championship this year, mm -hmm. you're going to sit there and tell me that Chris Paul was better than Steve Nash was at the height of the peak of either one of their careers. Yes. Like 100%. Yeah. Why? Peak. Peak Chris was. Paul was a better player. No, no, that's what, no, 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 no. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Chris Paul this year, if he wins a championship, no. is better than no. the peak of oh. Chris Paul no. or Steve Nash. No, back but then. I don't think that that's was the conversation. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, that's oh, why okay, this okay. argument is stupid, is because championships don't necessarily mean everything. Like Charles Barkley, to your point. To me, Charles Barkley is the best power forward of all time. Yeah, you can throw in Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan also had two other Hall of Famers that was playing yeah. with alongside him the entire time. And he was six eleven. Barkley and a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't like that argument that championships meet everything. But to me, Steve Nash is the greatest point guard in the Suns history of all time. Well, I see that's a different argument. I agree, Steve Nash is the greatest Suns point guard of all time. But if we're talking in totality, I think Chris Paul's the greater point guard throughout their career, not just counting Suns. Right. The only the only point guards who had a better career in NBA history are Magic Johnson and Steph Curry, and that's the list. There's nobody that I would put ahead of Chris Paul in terms of being a point guard in the NBA and their career ahead of him. I don't think you get a nickname uh, like Point dis, God don't you, unless you're one of the top. Don't you to besmirch do it. the career of Rod Strickland? Stop. <laughs> You were you were searching for that obscure name you were going to drop. Rob Strickland, baby. I love me some Rod Strickland. Look, CP3 was point guard. Steve Nash looked like point Jesus. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, just because he was a step below doesn't mean. <sighs> That's made me want to throw up. And now the Suns need to find their Messiah. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, we, no. we ain't got shit coming right now. Campaign. Oh, Campaign. No, no. Anybody? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me just scroll through these comments right quick just to see in case I missed Hello, anything. Hello, special. Hello, said Saul's desperately looking for an Espo trade right now. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all out of control today. But this is this is fun sports con uh, conversations, right? This is the type of thing that you get to round with your friends. You have a few beers. You have crazy conversations. You argue, but at the end of the day, you're still friends because... 
we all are allowed to have our favorite players. We're all allowed to have a little bit more allegiance towards one guy over the other. But we can all agree that all three of the guys we talked about today are fantastic basketball players, and we've loved having them in Suns uniforms. Yes, we have. So uh, the chat wants to know uh, why you hating on Tyler Eulis and Zabie and Dowdell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at it. I mean Connor and go uh, to kid. Who I wanted wanted to know that. I don't Sorry, know who those guys, guys that are. Was, that was I disrespectful. Del- I deleted that from my memory. I have no idea who oh those guys are. Oh my goodness! All right, gentlemen, this was a fun show. It got crazy. I'm so excited to see the screenshot of me hiding be- behind <laughs> like over here while you two are just feuding with each other. That's gonna be my new Twitter like banner in the background. Can, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Listen, uh, this has been a fun event. We always do this once a month. You should come out. We had our guy Stetson over here. Uh, just chilling with us today. It's been phenomenal. Like we got a bunch of other people, Coyotes pizza to come through, some Diamondbacks pizza to come through. Like, come out, hang with us. We buy you beer. We have a good time. We chill with you, and we tell you what we really think, which Espo does half the time. Yeah, that's so. the best part is you get a little bit of the scoop type stuff behind the scenes. <laughs> Lindsay drops some f bombs. It's fucking awesome. Like, come out and hang with us. And you don't have to stay all day on your lunch break. Pop in, eat some great food. Four Peaks has bomb food, mm-hmm. not just the chicken tenders. I know that's the one we talk about the most because we love it. But they also have other things as well, like burgers and pizzas and things of that nature that are also equally delightful. I so had their French dip, which was spectacular. Ooh, okay. nice. Very good. Oh, very good. So we'll see you guys out here at Four Peaks the last Wednesday of February. So you have a whole ass month to plan ahead. So no excuses, you guys. Uh, but thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you as always. We will have a pregame and a postgame show for you tomorrow. So plan to come hang out with us. And until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Just because you yell doesn't mean you don't love each other. <laughs> Ahoy hoy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like...